Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to KSL Outdoors Radio, final half hour of the program. And as promised, Russell, we are headed to one of our favorite yeah. spots. Wish we were there. Right? Not, not only in the state of Utah, but really just about anywhere in the world. Because you can't get some of the views we're about to talk about. Only in the winter. With uh, these great red rock hoodoos uh, just sprinkled with snow from uh, Utah. A little sugar. Got a little sugar on top. Uh, Bob Grove knows it well. Matter of fact, he was just telling us before we uh, jumped on here that he's been out with his camera in hand. Bob, tell everybody where you're at. I'm sitting here in the lobby of Ruby's Inn at Bryce Canyon. And uh, I got to tell you, you know, northern Utah doesn't have a monopoly on the snow because they're, they're getting some phenomenal snow here. In fact, it's the best snow conditions I've seen here at Bryce for several years. And it's uh, deep and plenty of it. Well, four of the top, uh, four of the top five resorts, the top four resorts, resorts for snowfall this season, are all here in Utah. Believe it or not, the only one that makes the awesome. top five outside of the state is uh, Alaska right now. So, yeah, we've been uh, overly blessed with it. I know you're there with Lance Syrett. Lance, uh, always great talking to you. Thanks for taking a few minutes. Hey, how's it going, Tim and Russ? It's good to talk to you guys. It's always a pleasure. Describe for this, I, this to people that may not have seen it. I do my best to do it, but uh, there really is nowhere else in the world where you can get this kind of view, these kinds of pictures than you can right now at Bryce Canyon. Absolutely. absolutely. You know, here in, in uh, Utah, we've got the famous Mighty Five, and uh, Bryce is the most alpine of the national parks. You know, our lodge here is nearly... 8,000 feet in the air. You know, you think about that and you think about, well, Park City's like 6,400 feet. So anyway, so we're quite high. And then once you get out to the edge of the, uh, the end of the Bryce Canyon, you're getting up over 9,000 feet. So my point being is that, yeah, you get this snow, you get this contrast. There's nothing as beautiful with the, uh, the snow on the, uh, the orange and red rocks on the hoodoos. It's, uh, you know, we get a ton of photography groups in the wintertime that come up here and take advantage of it. It, it, it's just something you've got to see in your life. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, you know this, uh, Lance, because you helped take care of us down there this last summer with my kid's grandmother, who's 85 years old from Florida, yeah. never yep. be, never been to Bryce Canyon, has seen pictures of it, didn't know what to expect. And she still tells all of her friends about uh, one of her favorite awesome. trips of her lifetime to come down to Bryce Canyon. That's that's awesome. That was a pleasure to meet her when you guys were down here, and we had a lot of fun. And uh yeah, I, I agree 100%. We get people all the time to come in here. and Usually they're coming from the Grand Canyon or Zion or something like that, and they always come in and they, they tell you, they say, you know, this is, 
we, we barely knew about Bryson. We love this more than we love the Grand Canyon. We hear that all day long. Yeah. So, uh, Bob, it's true there, just like it is many other places that we talk about, that this time of year, one of the benefits is it's quiet. And you don't get, you know, all of the crowds that you would elsewhere. That makes it tough to do business for people like Lance. But it is, sure. an op- it is a rare opportunity, Bob, for people that uh, want to go see it in a different way. Absolutely. I mean, this, this is a, a true, unique opportunity during the winter months to see this park under snow. It adds another layer of, of uh, color to the park. You know, this morning when I was out shooting photography, uh, getting sunrise, the only people around me, there were, some, it looks like there's some Japanese groups in. <laughs> yeah, 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 there's a few Asian Yeah, it looks like there were some Asian groups in, and um, but they weren't out there. There was just a few, but it was mostly other photographers, some guys from Wisconsin. I don't think there was anybody from Utah. They were all from other states, but hmm. it, it wasn't a crowded at all. I mean, usually when I come here during the summer months, I have to really work my way in to get a spot to shoot. Yeah. And I'm sure that's not the case uh, this time of year. Lance, you mentioned the elevation. Uh, the one thing people do need to know is it gets cold down there. And especially, especially if you're going to be out there for early morning sunrise pictures, uh, you need to dress appropriately. Absolutely. And you know what I tell people is everybody's got that coat or that beautiful sweater in their closet or something like that. And you're always looking for an opportunity to wear that thing. Man, bring it down here. The lodge is, you know, we're open 365 days a year. We're open on Christmas, New Year's, Thanksgiving. In fact, we get a lot of people who, uh, they come here for Christmas, come here for Thanksgiving because they want that old, you know, good old historical feel and stuff like that. But anyway, uh, yeah, uh, we're sitting by the fireplace right now, right here in the lobby, (laughs) smelling the smoke. Man, it's nice and cozy. So, yeah, it might be cold outside, but it's warm inside. What kinds of activities are there besides just uh, maybe going to some of the overlooks and bringing your camera along? Do you offer other um, activities? In the summertime, we talk about all the things, mountain right. biking and ATVs. Mm-hmm. What kinds of things can people do when they come down this time of year? Well, yeah, absolutely. This time of year, we just kind of change gears. and We're always offering something to do. Uh, our most popular activity right now is probably the cross-country skiing. And if you've ever done that, you know, if you're a you know, if you like mountain biking, because it is more active than downhill skiing. But uh, we groom uh, 30 uh, kilometers of trails down here. Uh, you can do the skate skiing. You can do the parallel, the the, the track skiing. And uh, we have rentals right here on property, dirt cheap. You know, we've tried to kind of position ourselves as an alternative to the uh, the ski resort experience. Because, I, hey, I love to go downhill skiing as much as everybody. And when I price out my family of six to take them skiing for a day, you're, you're, you're talking over $1,000 for one day of skiing. And you can come down here and you can live like a king and you can stay a whole weekend in the hotel, meals, and the rentals. I mean, you're talking about a $15 rental for the skis, no lift pass or anything like that. So you can come down and do that all day for just p- pennies on the dollar compared to going to, to a ski resort. And then, uh, so that's cross-country skiing. We got snowshoes. We But this year... Our, uh, we're having our opening this weekend of our new uh, ice ribbon. Uh, we've had some delays, some construction issues. But if you're not familiar with what an ice ribbon is, it's uh, an ice rink. And uh, we've always had a uh, ice rink here on property, just Mother Nature chilled for about the last 10 years. But we finally doubled down, uh, worked with uh, the area. We got a lot of uh, you know, formed a nonprofit. To make, make a long story short, we've got an ice ribbon. And that's, uh, you know, basically an ice rink with a track off it, which is super fun. And uh, that's opened up this weekend. 
So we're so, excited about that. What kinds of things do people do on the ice ribbon? Are, are we talking speed skate training here? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you could. Uh, well, it was kind well of I couldn't. Thing. I'll tell you that. <laughs> we just uh, we were having our soft opening today, and we had some people that showed up, and they're out there playing hockey on the main part of the rink. And then you can kind of chase each other on the little path around. So it's just basically a, a fancy skating rink and uh, a lot of uh, places. You know, there was just one that opened up in, uh, oh, I forget the city up there. But uh, anyway, most people will know what an ice ribbon is. And it's basically just a, a different shaped rink. It's not your traditional oval or rectangle. It has a little track. It, it's it's basically like a pool with lazy river. That's the best way to describe yeah. it. So yeah, uh, that you skate on. Yeah. Well, you you have a camera on it, don't you? Yeah, there's camera. If you want to oh, see what nice. that is, just, yeah, just go to rubiesin.com and click on the live feed. And it's like the fourth uh, viewer down. So yeah. Bob, be careful. I don't want you catching any pucks with that moneymaker mouth of yours. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Come back without teeth or something on this. <laughs> no, I'm going to. If I can get him on the rink, I'll take some pictures of guys. <laughs> okay, so. I'd love it. Uh, Bob, you know this as well as I do, that, and you've brought tours through there forever uh, about the oohs and ahs that you get from people from around the world. And it's sad to me that more people from Utah don't go experience it. Well, it really is, you know, that, that, and we have so many new folks in the Wasatch Front that have moved to Utah. We're taking on, the, 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 you know, we have such a low employment rate. We have so many jobs in Utah right now. And, and a lot of people have moved to the state who are unfamiliar with our backyard. And, and so this is a great opportunity to come down here during the winter months when it's less crowded, less expensive, and they get to see it uh, like most people don't. And I, I'll be posting pictures from my uh, trip this week. I got to tell you, it is absolutely magical. There is nowhere else like it. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what, let's take a break here. That'll give us a little bit more time on the other side. I do want to uh, reach out and get Mark Wade in on the conversation as well because he loves Bryce Canyon just like we do and usually has his camera in hand. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Final couple of minutes of the program here, and uh, we will utilize it as we head back down to Bryce as our road trip and segment with Bob on and Mark. Road again. Just can't wait to get on the Good road really again. With us. Can't think of a better place to be headed than Bryce Canyon for uh, what uh, promises to be another great event, a winter festival that's right around the corner. Mark Wade, welcome into the conversation. Good to join you, uh, you all, and uh, happy snow to you all. <laughs> it's a little bit more of a drive for you to get to Bryce Canyon than it used to be, isn't it? It is. That's why I'm not there with with uh, my compatriot today. Yeah, uh, with Bob. But you certainly have a lot of experience of the winter 
uh, down at Bryce Canyon. And Bob's been telling us about his uh, trip out to do some photography. Uh, I, I can't imagine you could take a bad picture this time of year down there. I remember many years ago, well, probably 30 years ago, being up to my waist in snow down inside the Wall Street area and Queens Garden and, and just loving it because there's no wind down there. The sun was shining on me, and it was just gorgeous. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, Lance Siren is still with us. Bob Grove on the other end here. The 2023 Winter Festival is coming up at Bryce, uh, February 18, 19, and 20. It's always President's Weekend, right, Lance? That's correct, yeah, President's Day weekend. And, you know, Mark mentioned that he was here 30 years ago tramping around the snow. And and, uh, and I'll be honest with you, I don't even know how many. I think it's 35. I know around 35 of these uh, winter festivals we've had. We've got uh, kids that have grown up here coming to it with their parents, and they're bringing their kids. So we've got grandparents and, and kid, grandkids. And anyway, it's uh, it's an annual occurrence, and, and it's a lot of fun. Isn't uh outdoor photography usually a part of one of the things you teach during the festival yeah as i say most of the things and we've learned this from years from not having very good snow although we're having awesome snow this year is that about oh 90 percent of the activities are all indoor not weather dependent and uh, one of those is always a digital photography clinic we always have the the best minds in the industry they'll come down and they'll do uh these uh, free lectures and clinics on how to uh, take pictures and how to edit them, things like that. And that, and that's another selling point for the festival is uh, we've got a great thing going. A lot of the vendors, they come down and we're just doing trade and things like that. So most of our activities are uh, completely free. You just have to sign up. What are some of those other activities? Oh, some of our more novel activities uh, that come back every year is like, kayaking and you're like okay now how do you kayak in a winter festival well we've got our huge uh you know pool here at ruby's beautiful indoor uh, heated pool and uh they take that over and uh if you've ever want to learn how to do a kayak uh, you know the <laughs> the real stuff flipping them over and doing all the the advanced maneuvers and things like that you can come down and do that uh we do have the uh cross-country ski races if somebody is uh you know wants to do that uh uh what you know, just random things like uh, watercolor demonstrations and watercolor clinics yeah. and uh, things like that for the uh, kids. And those things, uh, annual favorites, they come back. We even have a pottery demonstration, which we usually have a couple of people, uh, 100 people after that. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of an eclectic mix. And uh, you can see those things on our website, uh, the different clinics. But, uh, yeah, most of it's not weather dependent. And, uh, again, just everybody, most people come back every year. And they just love it more every year. Bob, Lance brought up pottery. Uh, one of the things I've always been attracted to down there is the Native American art that is uh, so prevalent. Yeah, it is. You know, I'm a collector of that. I, I try to pick that up from, you know, original uh, work where when I'm on my tours. I got some really cool stuff this last year, the Acoma pottery when I was in New Mexico. But, yeah, they have, you know, I was going to mention while Lance was describing all the events, this would be, this is such a great multi-generational event to come to grandparents with grandkids and and all of them and I think he mentioned that because there's so many activities that the kids I'm just thinking of all my grandkids they would love to come here and it's probably something I need to bring them to yeah Mark uh, besides your memories of out there taking uh, photography which I'm sure is shared on the website road tripping with Bob and Mark what are some of your favorite things to do there at Bryce well snowshoeing comes to mind and and uh, I'm interested from Lance what the snow depth is and and I love to ice skate, Lance, and I know you've got a new ice skating rink that you've been working on. Is that all up and running for the the festival? 
Yeah, absolutely. I was just talking about that in the last segment that our uh, the Bryce Canyon Ice Ribbon uh, today's the well, it's this weekend, I guess it is is the the opening. So we've had some delays, some construction issues. That you know. <laughs> Uh, supply chain, you know, we've been working on this thing for two years, but it's finally open. <laughs> we got it over the finish line. I said that we're going to get this thing over the finish line, guys, this year. So, anyway, it's open. Uh, you know, very economic. Come up, you can rent the ice skates. So, we got our little rental center there. You know, seven bucks. You can go out there, just have a good time with your kids, grandkids, whatever. It's uh, so we're super excited to have that going. But uh, yeah, just the, uh, all the other uh, things again. We're just trying to market ourselves as, you know, there's nothing more miserable than sitting around and feeling poor. And, uh, you know, if all your friends are going up to Deer Valley or uh, Snowbird or whatever for the weekend and you're like, how, how do they even afford to do that? You know, just start pricing it out and you know that you can bring your entire family down here, whether you got two kids or eight kids or whatever. And you can uh, live like a king down here and uh, do all these winter sports. Yeah. Very economic. Um we talked a little bit, uh, Bob and Mark, you can both jump in here on this, talking about snowshoeing. I, I noticed on the website it's uh, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., $15 per rental, $10 after 1 o'clock. You, the great thing, Mark, about snowshoeing is you don't really need to have much skill. You just got to have the right foot size and strap in. You know, and it keeps you on top of the snow. And and uh, I know that when you're hiking in the park, and Lance could address this too, it, depending on the snow depth, the trails can get a little icy at times during the winter. So it's good to have some some traction device on your feet. But when you're in snowshoes in the snow, that's going to be that's going to help you with that. And and you can get right down into those trails down into the park. And there's so many great trails that you can access. Just remember, whatever you go down, you got to come back up. And, <laughs> yeah. and, in, and in snowshoes, that might be even a little bit more challenging. But yeah. boy, is it beautiful. Yeah, uh, Bob, I experienced that when uh, the kid's grandma came down. She was wise enough not to follow us down into Wall Street, but uh, my boys were huffing and puffing coming back out the other side. Oh, I've, uh, I've hauled a lot of people out from the bottom up to the top on my tours. Um, I, I warn them because most of the people on my tours come from sea level uh, places, and they get here, and I warn them, and I, they want to go anyway, so yeah. I'm often uh, – bringing them back up myself but yeah you know that's one of the beauties here is because the high elevation that it has a different ecosystem and so you get a different variety of of uh, scenery uh, you know i brought my snowshoes i brought my micro spikes and i would recommend micro spikes if you do come down here those are the little spikes that you can attach to the bottom of your hiking and, shoes and just incidentally because i'm a capitalist we rent those as part of our winter offerings too so <laughs> <laughs> if, if you want to uh, i don't want to do the full-blown snowshoes We've got the little uh, crampon, the uh, yak tracks, the things that go on your, your boots, and you can rent those for the baby. I'm not a very good customer for Lance. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. It's all right. Well, uh, Bob and Mark, I'm going to guess you have plenty of uh, pictures if people want to take a look at it on the website, uh, Road Tripping. But, Bob, send me some from this trip. I'd love to share them on our Facebook page. I will. I, when I get home, I'll uh, shoot some off to you. Yeah. And, Mark, uh, tell people what they're going to find if they go to your website. Well, we, we have all kinds of great information across the state of Utah and around the region, but they're going to find some great information about how to experience Bryce Canyon in the wintertime. Yeah. And uh, if folks want some information about the Winter Festival or anything else uh, Ruby's related, Lance, they can always find it online. Yeah, just find it on our website at rubiesin.com or follow us on all the social media. Boy, we miss all you guys. Yeah. Uh, and uh, jealous of not sitting in front of that fire right now. I can almost smell it. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. 
two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.